gonna start recording. Fuck it. <laughs> we just we just have to go for it. This episode's gonna be an absolute shit show. Welcome to the Kuji Cast, Episode Six: Born to Kyo Die. Yeah, this is what we were made for. No pre-show this time. No bits. No nothing. We're just jumping straight into it. Except we're gonna give intros. <laughs> we we die like a Nikki's. My name is Kat. My pronouns are he and him. I do art and stuff for the Sarazanmai fandom. I do some translations too. You can find those at Katozanmai on my Tumblr. You can also find me on Twitter at It's Kato and at Let's Kato for my live tweets, uh, the latest of which is episode 9. Go there and be horribly devastated with the rest of us. Hi, I'm Faye. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm an artist and a writer sometimes for the fandom. I am currently back to being Chikai's number one hater. And you can find me at Toy Money on Twitter and Toy Kuji on AO3 and the regular content warnings for shipping apply. You did it. You won. I won. <laughs> Who did you beat on being Chikai's number one hater? Himself. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I wasn't prepared! Oh, God. Neither was Toy! No! <laughs> this is the energy we're bringing. This is episode 9, God damn it! Oh, God. <laughs> I hate this episode. Okay, if episode 4 wasn't the reason the Kooji Bros had a fandom, this episode definitely is. This just sealed it for everyone. It, it sealed our fates. Yeah. Like, I didn't even care about Chikai the first watch. <laughs> and, like, episode 9, I was just rooting for Toy to get away from Chikai. I was like, get away. And then I wasn't even upset when he died, but then the flashback happened, <laughs> and then I got really sad. This show is not a show that you watch once. No. <laughs> even when it was, like, still airing, it, was, it wasn't a show that I watched once. I watched every episode three times. That's the best way to watch Sarah's Online. So, uh, I watched Chikai die three times in one day. <laughs> God. Okay, so I saw, like, the, the 4chan spoilers for this episode, and I saw that, oh, Chikai protects Toy from the gangster dudes. Aww. Uh, but I did not anticipate him dying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so when that happened, I was like, wait, what? No! No! God, it's so awful. What are you doing?! Where are you going, Shikai? What? The fairy's out of order. Why are you on it? We'll get to that. <laughs> we need some semblance of order on this. Anyway, this episode, it opens up on the fairy. Actually, it opens up on uh, Kepi getting hit by a semi-truck, but that's not important <laughs> to the Kuji lore. Or is it? Find out. <laughs> In the Sarah and Kepi episode. Actually, we probably do need an episode on that. Oh my god. It's the drama CDs. The drama CDs did it. I didn't do it. The hole just goes deeper and deeper <laughs> with these two, I swear. It never stops. So, the first scene that we get with the Kuji Bros in this episode is on the ferry. Chikai is fast asleep, looking beautiful. <laughs> sure. Sure. Also, the fairy. Uh, just if you if you didn't notice before, the fairy's colors are red and blue. 
And that was very intentional. That was why they chose that particular fairy. It's their colors. And Toy, Toy like, thinks about their eye bags. <laughs> Chikai's eye bags. The novel clarifies that Chikai was the first one to get them, and then Toy started getting them after their parents died due to a lack of sleep. But Toy didn't mind because he started looking like his brother, <laughs> and that gave them some sort of connection. No. But then Toy starts blaming himself for Chikai's eye bags. <laughs> I hate that so much that he's like, <laughs> that he thinks that the eye bags get worse when he's around. And Toy, he just, he just wants to find some place where Chikai can peacefully sleep. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. You're gonna find it, boy. Uh. You're gonna make it. So then Chikai, he turns a little in his sleep and his jacket falls down. And so Toy goes up and he picks it up to put it back on him. But then he looks and he sees a gun in Chikai's pocket. Why would this criminal on the run have a gun? Yeah, Toy's like surprised by the fact that Chikai has a gun because he had the impression that Chikai, yeah, he murders people, <laughs> but he didn't think he would use a gun to do it. Since, you know, the whole incident in the tunnel, the fact that he threw away the gun, and the fact that he initially refused the Tokarev back in episode four. Yeah, if you remember when we were talking about episode four that a toy saw Chikai refuse the gun from Kamome, and somehow that image stuck in his mind enough that in the novel it clarifies that he imagined his brother was the kind of person who would, like, not use a gun, that he was this sort of noble image of him. Um, and then in the novel it says, Chikai wasn't simply shouldering toy sins anymore. He was carrying a gun of his own accord. <sighs> Kid. Kid. Your brother sucks. Yeah, Toy, he had this image of Chikai in his head, but he's like, oh, okay, I guess he has a gun now. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and, and this, I had like a Twitter thread about this, so I won't go into like too much about it, but... I think episode nine is best viewed as sort of a mirror to episode four in that episode four is entirely from Toy's point of view and we're getting that image of Chikai. You shouldn't have too much faith in Toy's version of Chikai because episode nine is telling us that Toy clearly doesn't understand Chikai and doesn't know who he really is anymore. Yeah, and also keep in mind that the the events that happened in episode four happened four years ago. And a lot can change between them. Mm -hmm. And Toy was a baby <laughs> with a guilt complex. Yeah, so even if like what Toy thought was sort of true back then, in like the biggest fucking air quotes I can muster, <laughs> it's certainly not true now. Yeah, and this is the first example of it, but there were there are parallels throughout this episode that's telling us that Toy uh, maybe had the incorrect image of Chikai. <laughs> I mean, Toy in this scene alone is getting, like, red flag after red flag. Because then Sarah pops up on the news and she announces that there has been a shooting in Asakusa. Two shootings, in fact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one guy's dead. That's Yasu from, the, from episode 8. And uh, another is in critical condition, Enta. And uh, both of these events are blamed on Chikai Kuji. And Shikai wakes up, he sees Enta on the news, and he's like, oh, hey, it's Specs." <laughs> Toy's Toy, like, why do you know him? Oh, he helped me with some, with some stuff, you know. 
<laughs> now now he's in critical condition in the hospital. And then they say that Shikai is the main suspect in those cases, and he's like, God damn it, not everything's my fucking fault. <laughs> but with the fact that Enta and Shikai knew each other in mind, and also the newly acquired knowledge that Shikai has a gun, toy, his trust is starting to waver in Shikai just a bit. Just a bit. Did Shikai really have nothing to do with that? I mean, come on, what would you what would you think? <laughs> Shikai was just hanging out with Enta and now he's <laughs> in the hospital. So basically Toy is like is upset about this and uh Shikai is like, you know, if you if you're gonna get off, you should go do it now, um, any further and you won't be able to turn back. <laughs> and then Sarah pops up and is like, run away. Run away! It's super cute. And for some reason, the Kuji fandom has managed to take this warning to Toy to run away from Chikai as an AU where Toy actually runs away with Chikai. They made the best AU! And by best, I mean heartbreaking. But, you know, we'll get to that in its own episode. But that, that little tidbit is just a whole lot of fun to me. <laughs> it's so funny. But despite all of these red flags, and even a warning from Sarah herself, Toy decides to stay with Chikai, because he's all he has left. Yeah, he's specifically like, Enta has his family, and he has Kazuki there, so he doesn't need me, but Chikai needs him. He's They're all they have, and it's so sad. It's depressing, because it's true. <laughs> he is all Chikai has, yeah. I might mention this later, but do you think even if Toy didn't go with him that Chikai would still die? It's kind of hard to say. I think no, probably not, because the whole thing is that, I mean, one, I, I don't know if the gangsters would have been there. Um, they did say that they were waiting a while for Chikai, so they might have been there when Chikai was planning to leave. Uh, I don't know if the delay had anything to do with it, but the fact that Chikai like, almost got away, but the the fact that he died was protecting toy specifically it's just kind of the the choice between survival and you know love and he chose love but if toy hadn't been there i think he probably could have gotten away because he's like a slippery little cockroach yeah he's like a. <laughs> oh god that's a, that's such a good way of putting it yep <laughs> he's a fucking cockroach he would have ran away to brazil but he chose not to. He chose to be with his brother. This whole thing is just so depressing because it's why he needed to learn that connections can still exist even if you're apart. Chikai really needed to learn that. Yeah, it's like the worst part of it is that this the, this whole episode needs to happen for the betterment of, of both of them. But it, I hate it still. And there, there are side plots going on um, with Kazuki and Enta and then with Reo and Mabu. But we're going to talk about the Rayo and Mabu connection to the Kuji Bros in the next episode. So we're just going to go on to the Kuji stuff because we already have enough to talk about for this. Yeah, the t next episode is going to be the Rayo Mabu episode. Don't worry. Rayo Mabus, we got you. <laughs> hotter, hotter. Getting hotter. <laughs> anyway, the next scene that we see with the Kuji Bros, they are getting off the ferry and they are immediately greeted by a man named Masa. Or a boy. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> I think he's around Toy's age. 
He's a very boyish man. Yes, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, like, <laughs> I have this in the notes, but, like, Shikai's saying, you two are pretty close in age, and the and the novel, it's either, like, Shikai's dumb as rocks, or he has a deadpan sense of humor. <laughs> Watch Maza be, like, 20. <laughs> He's, like, you're around Toy's age. It's like my mom, like, dropping 14-year-old me off with a room full of 12-year-olds who play Cod of Duty and saying... Well, you like video games, you'll get along. <laughs> and so that's exactly what happens here, where Masa, Masa is super enthusiastic. He looks like a great guy, and he's all over Toy, and he seems to know all about Toy, which is really funny, because this is more proof that Shikai only ever talks about Toy to everyone. Even with his shitty Yakuza job, he doesn't shut the fuck up about Toy, which is rather dangerous. <laughs> he's such an idiot. Maybe don't mention your beloved little brother. He's so stupid. <laughs> and show off pictures of him. Oh my god. And Masa, he's talking about like how impressive it is that Toys sold that much weed even though he's only in middle school. And then he asks for some. And Toy, he clings to Chikai because he's super uncomfortable. But Chikai shakes him <laughs> off! Chikai sucks. But this episode is so good for cute toy faces. He's like full little brother mode in this episode. It's so cute. This episode, oh my god, it's... Okay, going back to the show, with my live tweet, I realized like how very different he looks in this episode versus, say, like the first episode where he's like menacing little rat boy. <laughs> but in this episode, he's oto oto. Yeah, he's just a baby. Baby mode. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Chikai, he tells Toy that Masa is like a little brother to him in the gang, which uh, <laughs> Toy isn't really too fond of. So he's jealous and he's also upset that Chikai seems to have like these connections when, you know, he had relied on Chikai's word that the only people who matter are the two of them and all other connections are worthless. So Toy has just like left behind his two friends to be with Chikai, but Chikai has this this person here, and he's- <laughs> That he calls a little brother? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me, dude? He's a little upset. And another thing about Masa, how the fuck is he here? <laughs> I mean, like, how is he under Chikai? How is he in a gang? How? Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> he must have, like, just gotten out of jail, too, or something, like, because of a shaved head. That's actually a good point. <laughs> He put him in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Who let Chikai out? <laughs> well, yeah, because Chikai has a mugshot. So at some point he was caught. Yeah, at some point he was caught and he got a mugshot. But then for some reason he got out of jail. I guess they didn't catch him for anything too serious. <laughs> he was jaywalking. The no notorious leader of Shikotama <laughs> caught for jaywalking. <laughs> Um, and then, so, right after we meet Masa, then I guess Toy's, like, getting some snacks or something. He gets lollipops and only lollipops. <laughs> oh, God. We get an Ikohara cameo! He's there. He says, mercy. He, he's just working at a convenience store. Mercy. But then Toy, um, he goes over, he goes back to where Chikai and Masa are sitting. But before he turns to the cor corner, he listens to them talking and it, there's, there's a nice moment where Chikai um, says that Toy, you know, is, is like smart for his age and stuff. And he's special. 
And Toy smiles at that. And Toy's happy because Chikai doesn't tell him any of this when he's around. <sighs> Toy has to hear it from eavesdropping. And then when, uh, then Toy um, overhears them. Well, overhears Masa uh, mention that it was such a good thing that Toy killed Yuri Kamome. And then Chikai is like, uh, <laughs> and Chikai gets really angry and says, no, I killed him. <laughs> Masa's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Um, and he says, but that it was a good thing for Chikai because Chikai brought Kamome's head to their current boss and like managed to rise in the ranks. I think in the Japanese version, it was his balls. But ha- see, that that wouldn't be very good at proving who it is. Could have just gotten a random person's balls and it wouldn't change anything. Do you think Yuri Kamome tattooed his nuts? It's possible. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're trying to get through this. <laughs> so, so Toy is kind of having a revelation at this point because not only has Chikai spilled their secret, which Toy's like, okay, well, I did that too, but <laughs> so that's a whole thing. But then he's also uh, the implication is that the the killing of Yurikomomi was good for Chikai when Toy has been framing it in his mind as Chikai took on the burden of Toy's crime and like he's been living with it all this time when in reality it seems like Chikai entirely benefited from it. There, There's like a lot of ways to view the situation and none of them are good. I think it's it's I feel like it's the ultimate indication that Toy's perspective of Chikai's like selfless sacrifice for him is just not true because if you think about it Chikai like, even if he hadn't stolen the money, if he'd stayed in the gang, he probably wouldn't have risen that high up. Because we will see in this episode, he is a terrible criminal. He's not good at anything. So he probably wouldn't have been able to rise that far. Um, and so you're, and he was already in the gang, like, without Toy's involvement. He was already in a life of crime. So it just seems like the death did nothing but better his situation. And Toy has been, like, feeling guilty about it this whole time. For whose sake would Chikai, like, benefit a situation? Like, both him and Toy. Like, Chikai did it for the both of them? I feel like that's how he would rationalize it in his mind. Like, this is good for the both of us. Like, Toy no Tamani. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, that, um, he... I mean, I like, I don't think that he really had an option. Like, it, they either would have had to just go, go, go on the run... I, like to I don't know where or find a new gang, um, but yeah, I think he would see it as like we're gonna get more money, and you know he needs the money to be able to take care of this ten year old child. So yeah, like it's either stay at the bottom or use that and like go up to the top. Yeah, I, yeah, it's what I'm. The selfish part of it, I think, is not that Chikai did that, but it's just that Toy has been feeling guilt over it this whole time, and Chikai has never indicated to him whatsoever that he actually benefited from it, and that it's... Like, he's been telling Toy, you know, don't worry about it, it's not your fault, but Toy's been doing that anyway, and he's. it does not seem like he has communicated to Toy whatsoever, like, what really happened. He's just been trying to, like, shut it down this whole time, and that has made Toy feel worse. So that's kind of like... Yeah, they they just they just don't discuss that. Like, I get why you wouldn't do that, but also, it would have benefited the both of them. Yeah. Also, Toy has been like blaming himself for four years. Toy has been emotionally constipated for four years. 
<sighs> also, this is even more proof that Shikai has just been constantly talking about Toy this entire <laughs> time. That he would let that secret slip, even just a little. <laughs> I love that we have no idea how it happened, why Masa knows about this, but... <laughs> All we know is that it's just a result of Shikai just not shutting up. I, I love the idea that he just, like... He's just talking about how proud he is of Toy or whatever, and he's like, and he even killed this this mob boss when he was 10 years old. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and the fact that he told Moss of that, he had to have been drunk when he did that, or else, like, he's just that far gone when he talks about Toy. <laughs> oh, God, it could go either way. Also, I want to mention that in, in the novel, they capitalize Yurikamome, so <laughs> when you read it, it like sounds like Moss is shouting that specifically. And even when he's like talking about the guy, he just goes, like, even when he's just saying Kamome, it's all capitalized. As if the man himself is the organization. It, it just reads really funny. It's good. <laughs> and, then, and then the next scene... They're they're about to leave, and the novel says that they're about to go overseas. Could you imagine? Oh, they really were about to go to Brazil. I just want them to travel the world and be stupid, but like stupid and happy. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> we'll never get. Th we will, though. We will. There's. <laughs> Don't worry. There's a magazine cover that tells us that <laughs> <laughs> that it's canon. So Masa has like gotten the tickets for them, for the fairies that they need and everything. He's really good at that, and like it gives it gives like sort of a hint, like maybe this is why Shikai lets Masa stick around because he doesn't really rouse suspicion because he's such like a cheerful guy. It's like how could this dude be in a gang? Yeah, it's nice. And then at, like Masa is seeing them off, and he's he's really sweet to toys. Like it was great to meet you, and he calls Toy Toy Son. It's really precious and i like it so in the anime it's kind of sweet you know toy is just like is like thanks and he smiles and it's cute but in the novel it it kind of clarifies that toy is only nice to masa because he knows that they're not gonna see him again it's like okay you're no longer a threat to me oh my god okay we can make like parallels between this and and uh in episode eight oh toy being a petty bitch i love it <laughs> Ah, oh, Toy gets to be a petty bitch. He get he gets like one shot at it, <laughs> and then Shikai fucking ruins it. And then Shikai fucking shoots and kills Masa in front of Toy. And this is when the episode animation just goes wild. I wouldn't say wild, but like it it there is a shift. Yeah, it's, it becomes a whole different show. It becomes Banana Fish, Kuji Noir. So yes, so. <laughs> Shikai kills Masa right in front of Toy. And he just walks off. Anyway, bye. <laughs> so, and Toy just watches his dead body fall. and he's just... Like, he can barely comprehend what the hell just happened. So then Toy, he grabs Shikai, and he's like, Why the fuck did you do that? Why do you have a gun? What? And Shikai shakes him off again. Aww. Parallel to Kazuki in episode 5! Shaking off Haruka's hand. Yeah, and telling him to shut up. Right before tragedy. Yeah, so Chikai uh, tells Toy that Masa uh, wasn't the kind of guy who could survive in this world. So he killed him. It was, it was, it was nice of him to do. <laughs> the audacity of this bitch. Now there are some, there are some takes that like, 
Chikai killed Masa because he he mentions the Yuri Kamome thing. But my person, my reading of the situation was that he was always going to kill Masa. I don't think there's anything indicating this either way, but I just felt like Chikai was always going to kill Masa because, I mean, why leave him alive? Yeah, it, it really goes along with Chikai's whole thing of throwing shit away. Yeah, kill everyone who could possibly be a threat to you. Even Masa. <laughs> who he called his little brother. Weird. How weird! Very reminiscent of that one scene with Enta. It's like Chikai has <laughs> Chikai has a habit of killing children. Let's be real, Masa's not a child. I, I see him as a child. <laughs> I think he's like Chikai. He is a man child. I think he's like Chikai in that he's probably like 16, but he looks 30. Oh, <laughs> oh. So Chikai, he walks off and it is immediately met with the with the bitches that betrayed him. I think that Taka is the guy who, like the main guy. Yeah, he's he's the main guy. He's the he's the guy that's manspreading, <laughs> and his two unnamed lackeys who actually have names. They're called Taku and Ko. Yeah, so it's like a whole you know gangster confrontation, and uh, it's 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 really intense. So they're like, either we kill you or the fuzz will get you, and then Chikai just immediately shoots one of them dead. <laughs> And he's like, whatever, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you bitches first. Oh, Though I think it's worth mentioning that in Japanese, Chikai uses the same word that Kazuki uses for his it's my business too catchphrase, except he's using it in the opposite way. So there's a perpendicular between those two. Yeah. <laughs> and before the shootout happens, Taka, he tells Chikai, killing your own just to protect yourself. Yeah, that sounds like you. <sighs> and when he says that, it shows Chikai on the stairs standing above Toy. There's your pedestal. Look what you have on it. Yeah, and the, the others don't see Toy. He's like hidden behind some stuff. And Chikai is going all like hardcore before he starts shooting. And then the shootout happens. And he he hits one, <laughs> he hits one of them. And he can't manage to hit the rest. And he says, I make a point of using my bullets early. 30 seconds later, why are all my bullets gone? <laughs> Just throws the gun away and like gets out another one. This man has two guns. He does have two guns. But he doesn't even get a chance to shoot that one. Because... Because Toy pops out with his own gun and he's like... It's shooting away. He's got much better aim than Chikai has. He's so much better. And Shikai, he's just like, oh shit, why does he have a gun? For the second time, his little brother, like 11 years younger than him, saves his ass by shooting people. Because he's such a bad criminal. The look that Shikai has in his eyes is just horror. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wanted this. Both Shikai and Toy had their visions of each other, and now it's just like completely broken. Which leads into the next scene that we get with these two. Chikai runs away from the gunfight. He's spouting all his stupid bullshit. Like, you only live once. When everything sucks, just throw it all away. And now all of those lines don't sound cool. They just sound absolutely pathetic. Yeah, because he's running. 
He's left his little brother to do his dirty work for him. He's running away. He's like, and he's like, he has to tell himself this. He's like, my way is the right way in the novel. We actually do get his point of view for a little bit in the novel, which is really interesting. And then he, we hear, he hears Toy's voice and he like mentions him as the only family he had left, someone he had to protect. And he turns around with like the most pants shitting fear I've ever seen. And he sees the gun in Toy's hand, and he's like, oh yeah, that's that's the gun from four years ago, fuck. <laughs> Why do you still have that gun? And how many times have you fired it? And Toy, Toy explains that he swapped it out before Chikai could throw it away. Like, uh, Chikai didn't even check the bag. Before yeah. It's <laughs> not aid, and he sucks. Okay, but the fact that Toy weighed something just to make sure it weighed just as much as the gun that is fucking scary at 10 years old because he was so dedicated to having this gun not for like and not like because he wanted to use it but because it was his connection to chikai oh my god why is no one in this show normal (laughs) okay so chikai like has a little mm, dubious laughter he's like oh that's my little brother for you should have known. As the as the animation shows dead bodies. <laughs> Toy Toy doesn't even respond to like any of this. He's he's clearly has something on his mind and he's like, Are you gonna throw me, your little brother, away too? And then he says, I don't care if you're rotten to the core, you're still my brother. Fuck. Despite everything, Toy is like, I'm gonna be with you. This is I d I don't care. And in the novel we go back to his point of view. And he says, like, he doesn't think that they can go back, but he's going to try anyway. So he's trying so hard. And keep in mind, Chikai has his hand on his gun this entire time, just in his back pocket. <clears throat> and then Toy's inner monologue at this is really tragic. Toy stole someone's life with his gun. He'd stolen his own brother's life. If anyone was going to steal everything from him, it had to be Chikai. You're a bit too perfect to be my little brother. Chikai held a Colt Jr. in his. Li- I love how every gun is like named. <laughs> in this world, it's only the bad people who survive. Toy slowly closed his eyes. Bang! Roll credits! <laughs> but yeah, so Toy clearly thinks he'd. Even after learning that Chikai used. Yuri Komomi's death to rise in the ranks, he's still seeing it as he'd stolen his own brother's life. He has brain worms. It's his term on the worms, okay? I mean, yeah, no, I guess this is like a, a very similar to Kazuki, where it's like, no one would blame you. You were like, <laughs> no one's blaming you for this, but you're just, you just decide to blame yourself, even though it's just objectively not your fault. It's, uh, it's, it's so much. It's so much. And then, and then the end credits roll. And, and in the ending scene, so remember how, you know, after Enta got shot, they had only like two birds and two shadows. Now it's gone down to one. And I was freaking out. <laughs> Even though Enta survives. Enta's alive, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're just being rude at this point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Enta stands. We got you. We got you. Enta's okay. Enta's fine. He can't be turned him into a cab, but now he has a timer bomb on his head. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, he, he got his hug from Kazuki. It's fine. It's completely fine. It's good. Everything's good now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, not good with the Kuji Bros, though, because after the credits, Chikai did not shoot Toy. Instead, he took a bullet for him. It is, it's, this, the framing of this scene is so unclear. 
which is kind of great in its own way. But it it doesn't. So it just cuts to Chikai is bleeding and Toy is on the ground behind Chikai. And then it cuts to Taka, who's shot and is like, yay, I, I shot him. <laughs> and then Chikai shoots him. I watched the DVD commentary for this and everyone laughed at that part. <laughs> and then Toy's monologue in this or his thought process in this is Toy was ready for his brother to take his life. He covered for me again. And this time there would be no going back. He covered for me again. And Toy was just going to let Chikai shoot him. He was just ready for it. Okay, real quick, are we going to debate over whether or not Shikai would actually shoot Toy and why? We we can. Do we want to? I, I tend to go with the view that he was, like, trying to make Toy go away. He was like, you need to get out of here because I think he'd seen the damage he had done to Toy. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, especially with like the terrified look in his eyes, like he was realizing what his actions had like caused Toy to become. Yeah, Toy was just like carelessly shooting the gun and saving Chikai. Yeah, and I think I think Chikai would have justified it to himself if if he shot Toy, he would have justified it as like at least he didn't become me. But I I still don't think he would have been able to because he's a pussy. Yeah, I think he, if he wanted to kill Toy, if if he was capable of killing Toy, he probably would have done it, like, already. <laughs> but, like, the fact that, like, Toy, like, Chikai didn't have to come back for Toy. He didn't have to wait all day for Toy. But he did it anyway because he wanted them to be together, ultimately. Toy was the entire reason he, he's even here. Yeah, and uh, I think he was trying to make Toy, trying to get Toy to leave because he's in, he was incapable of cutting that connection himself <laughs> referring back to episode eight when he tells him to like go make up with your friends but that he can't say that to toy like he can't tell toy to leave so the only way he can try to do that is by pointing a gun at his head and toy still won't leave and i get the sense that he was doing that in like the first scene too like him just just suddenly hint not even suddenly he's just like hinting at the fact that hey you can get out if you want. Yeah, he's saying it like you can leave, if you... <laughs> but he can't tell Toy to leave. He can't do that. So in comes the intermezzo from the opera. Cut, cut, cover. Oh no, this is a nightmare. <laughs> More of a nightmare than the episode. It's pronouncing Italian. Cut, <laughs> Cavalleria Rusticana. I don't know how to pronounce Italian. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, it's an opera, okay? <laughs> just say, just call it the opera. It's it's an opera that we're too uncultured to to know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it's from an opera. Takeuchi's like gives a little summary of when this starts playing in the opera. He says, um. There is a female character who reveals her fiancé's acts to his lover's husband in the middle part of the opera. <laughs> the song plays. Um, the husband goes mad and vows to take revenge. The woman is seized by huge regrets when she realizes she had invited such unforeseen results. Basically, characters like inventing their own downfall reminds, uh, reminds us of a little sum. Yes. The Godfather! Yes. So that's mainly what this scene is referencing. It's just one big reference to the Godfather Part 3. 
so what happens is like okay so i haven't seen the godfather part three <laughs> i think we just need to do like a, a watch of that to understand the coogees but i've only seen the first godfather but uh watching the the clip on youtube so michael corleone like he's gonna someone is taking revenge someone is like about to someone shoots him but the bullet goes through him and hits his daughter and she she like starts dying and he like holds her while she's bleeding out yeah it's just like the opera's kind of playing and he's regretting things and then there's a montage of all the happy moments in michael's life like with his former wives and stuff like that and his daughter and and then it then it like fades into him as an old man just before he dies so yeah chikai he's stumbled onto a ferry it's not in service but he stumbled onto the roof anyway and toy's like what the what are you doing we have to get you to a hospital but chikai's like no yeah and so he he falls over um and toy like runs over to him as they're going under the bridge it's white pillars shown like cold gravestones. And like there there's a there's a shot where Chikai's looking back at Toy and like as the bridge goes over them, like Toy like starts to fade into the darkness and it's like Ugh! And so Toy Toy goes over to him. There's a dark red circle forming beneath him. Chikai is smirking. He still has his sunglasses on, by the way. We haven't mentioned that it's the nighttime. <laughs> He's had his sunglasses on this entire episode at night. <laughs> and as he's fucking dying. No, he doesn't doesn't bother to take those sunglasses off. It's fine. Something interesting, by the way. Toy was originally supposed to take his glasses off. Oh, oh yeah. And he was going to, like, throw them, right? It's something like that. But, but yeah, apparently that wasn't really poignant enough. Also, he looks, he looks better with his sunglasses on. <laughs> he can't see his eyes. <laughs> you can't see his dead eyes. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. Okay, so t- <laughs> so Chikai is like blaming Toy. He's like, you know, everything would have gone smoothly, but <laughs> you ruined it. And Toy's like, I'm sorry. There's like this scene that I remember distinctly from one of those. Uh, there was like a genre of movie in the 90s of like E.T. ripoffs where like a character will like meet like Bigfoot or something make friends with it, but then have to give it up in the end. And it, it just reminds me of that, but specifically, like, one scene where the kid is, like, insulting it and, like, telling it, I hate you! Go away! Trying to make it go back into the woods. <laughs> it's just so funny to me, but in this scene, it's fucking tragic because Chikai's basically doing the same thing with Toy. He's just pulling out all the stops to make Toy to pick- to go away, including like reaching into his pocket and grabbing like a another ten thousand dollar bill, smacking it on his face, but there's like blood all over it. He smacks his blood on Toy's face. There's blood. so much blood in this scene. Ikuhara Ikuhara, he uses blood very sparingly. Like we didn't even see blood with uh Masa's death. There was blood with like Enta's sacrifice, but you only see it on the glasses and like a little on his chest. But not nearly this much. This is like buckets. And as he like slaps Toy's face with the bill, he says, use this to take care of your meals for a bit. Oh, God. And so we see um, that he's, as he's pulled out the, the bill from his pocket, there's a white piece of paper in his pocket, too. And then Chikai is like, damn it. And then <laughs> Toy flips it over. 
And it's the fucking photo again. But this time, it's completely covered in marker. Chikai's face is indecipherable, and there's, like, marks all over their parents' faces. But the one spot that remains untouched is Baby Toy's face. <sighs> okay, this is the part that gets me every time. Every single time. Fuck! <laughs> it hurts so much. It makes me cry every time. Every time. <laughs> so... Even in episode four, when you see it, oh, it's so sad. Why would Cooney do this? There's like a a bunch of like marker marks that stop at Toy. Like there was an attempt, but he always had to stop himself. Oh god! God, it's so fucked. <laughs> that he's had that in his pocket the entire time. I mean, he has baby toy pictures on his phone, but then he keeps this in his pocket. God. And then, and then after Toy flips it over, he says, "Connections are such a pain in the ass." Goddamn idiot! Can't even say I love you before he dies, and then he dies, and then he's gone. Yeah, this, this man is dead. There is no bringing him back, or is there? <laughs> okay, but as he's dying, we see a montage, a la The Godfather Part Three. So we see it's just it's all. It's all baby toy. <laughs> it's all baby toy. <laughs> it's all baby toy. He at like the festival mostly. Sanja Matsuri, when Toy is five years old and Shikai's like seventeen, and he looks like a normal person. They, they, they're selling soba there, and Toy looks happy, and Shikai's like a little distant looking. He looks exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I mean he has to take care of this baby. I don't know where the parents are. And Toy, he just looks, like, so alive. He's so happy. Oh, God, there's so Did many... Did see Baby Nyantaro? Baby Nyantaro. Oh. <laughs> Pain. So, so all these pictures, very cute, but they're all, like, referencing this... It's an old car commercial from the 70s that these pictures are all referencing. It's called The Skyline of Love. <laughs> I, I recommend you look it up. It's, it's all just, like, the all the stills are taken from... Um, these two uh, lovers, <laughs> Ken and Mary. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's how they're described. For two years, from late 1972 to late 1974, Nissan's television ad for the Nissan Skyline, known to insiders as the Ken Mary or Ken and Mary generation, were a cultural sensation in Japan. Ken and Mary were young and in love and enjoying the world in their Skyline, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we don't know cars. I don't know, cars. They're so popular that even today, they're the highlight of a Japan-only DVD featuring 50 years of Skyline TV ads and Ken and Mary adorn the cover. So there, are, <laughs> these commercials are really famous in Japan. But yeah, if you if you look at like the frames and those and those commercials, like it's almost one to one. And Takeuchi, he clarifies that Chikai is Ken and Toy is Mary, and oh, and it's it's you know it's just like the the commercial are just these these two young people like being happy in their car <laughs> and enjoying nature. Imagine that, but with the runaway AU car. No, <laughs> I know it's so weird how cars have nothing to do with the Kuji storyline, but then keep coming up. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, that's logically how they would run away, you know? Yeah, in a car. 
it always comes back to runaway AU with us. It's true. It's but that's true. that's it's so we can avoid like the the topic at hand. Shikai's fucking dead and Toy is depressed. Oh, and he that oh, there's this line, hold on. Toy threw himself over his brother's corpse and sobbed. It was as if all the tears he'd held in for these past four years were coming out all at once. Oh. So it's terrible. We don't want this for Toy. I don't want this for myself. <laughs> We're approaching Terminal Zetsubo. So, it's interesting the point of view, because I had always interpreted it as Shikai's point of view, like the flashback scenes. Um, especially because the very last image we see is the reverse of the episode 4 hug, where we see Shikai's expression and he's smiling like super peacefully. He's happy. As opposed to Toy's like sobbing, traumatized little face. And so I, like, Toy couldn't have seen that expression, so I'd always assumed it was Chikai's point of view. But Takeuchi in the interview says that these are Toy's memories. Yeah, he says, like, specifically, I think instead of Toy seeing the imagery through his mind's eye, it was shown to him by some sort of muse. And what he says is, like, just really, really interesting. And I don't fully even understand. <laughs> but I don't understand it, but my brain does. Um, he says that. Until that moment, Toy had only seen one side of his brother and had never noticed his true nature at all. Perhaps that was what led to his feelings. And then he says, The past scenes with Shikai and Toy show up in the second half and are supposed to be seen from the point of view of both little and teenage Toy. The Chikai scene by the two of them is again different from the Chikai scene in the family photo I described earlier. Chikai, as we see him in the flashbacks, is not frolicking like in the picture. Why? Remembering his brother in the past, current Toy notices something and sheds one tear. Perhaps the things Toy had claimed to do for his brother's sake hadn't actually been for Chikai's sake at all. Just like Kazuki. <sighs> I wonder if he's saying the past scenes with Chikai and Toy show up in the second half are from the point of view of Toy. Like, is that maybe the second half of the pictures, like, outside of the festival? Like, the, when Toy has the soccer ball and stuff? Yeah, there's also that part, and Chikai <laughs> is, is looking like dried up milk. <laughs> Oh, also, also, Chikai's wearing the, the lightning bolt shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, we see that, and it confirms that the lightning bolt shirt that Toy's been wearing. It's a hand-me-down, and he cut the sleeves off. Because <laughs> he's a cool kid. He's a cool kid. Probably because it didn't fit him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is, like, huge around his neck, though. <laughs> <laughs> We're just branded at this point. Yeah. <laughs> What were we even talking about? The point of view. Okay. I feel like maybe it's just a little bit of both. Like, maybe that last scene is Chikai. Maybe it's like Chikai, Chikai's spirit showing Toy that he was happy with Toy. That that was their moment of connection that made him happy. Maybe that was the muse that Takeuchi was talking about. <laughs> There's also the fact that they're riding on this bus through the river. And, like, the, the river being really symbolic of connection and them crossing that river together. Oh, fuck. But they didn't. It's it's their connection. It's their connection that allowed Toy to see that smile on Chikai's face. Oh, no. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the musical version now? We might as well. <laughs> the musical makes it worse. We actually see the shooting happen because they didn't 
cut away in the musical. So we actually see that Chikai pushes Toy out of the way and goes in front of him to take the bullet. Oh my god. (laughs) So that's important. That was great. Definitely wanted to see that. And because it's a stage play and it's pretty limited in what they can show, uh, they act out like all of the flashbacks until it gets to Chikai hugging Toy in the tunnel. And then he slips down Toy's body as he dies. (laughs) And then Toy is holding his body. It's like the rudest thing in the whole world. Why would they do this to us again? I don't know. We didn't need it. We didn't deserve it. We don't deserve this. So thanks, Musical, for making it worse. So, uh, Chikai's dead. Toy lifts himself up. He inspects the body, to put it in the most medical of terms. (laughs) (laughs) Then he takes the backpack, throws it in the air, and yells, FUCK! (laughs) Same. All of the money flies out the backpack is gone the money is gone it all means nothing after everything they went through and the only thing that they have left is the markered up photo symbolism fuck this episode it's one of my favorites in all of anime but fuck (laughs) it it's so good but it's terrible and i hate it curse you takeuchi (laughs) curse you ikuhara I'm so sad. Is there anything to talk about after this? Just <laughs> What is there to talk about? Well, I, I guess we could talk about like the role of money. I guess they've kind of used it as a substitute for connection. Like Toy kept trying to make money in order to like be able to be with Chikai and run away. And that was like how he did something for the relationship. And Chikai also used it. Like he physically like pushed kind of to push Toy away as he was dying by <laughs> through shoving the money in his face they're both using it to try to like express themselves but it ends up making them even more distant it's like i mentioned in the last episode the the bag being in between them and how it contains both the money and the gun and then in this episode like the first shot that we see of them where chikai is resting there's like a little i don't like 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 a pole separating them on the boat they're just never together even when they are. At least Chikai got to die while being held by the Oto Oto. Oh god. It's so it's so bad because the Chikai is so terrible. He couldn't even connect to Toy at the end. Oh, and the title of this episode is I want to connect, but I can't express it. Because Chikai just can't he just can't say anything to connect with Toy. He just goes back to his old catchphrases and stuff and he and I think I'll talk about this more in the Rayo Mabu episode, but I think that's ultimately why Chikai, I don't know, from from an in-show perspective, why he couldn't come back where, you know, like Enta and Mabu kind of get second chances at life. They both were able to connect, but Chikai refused to connect even as he died. God damn it. Now I'm just looking at the Babby toy pictures and I'm sad. No. Babby Chikai too! <laughs> It's so weird. He really looks nothing like Toy. Like, Toy is all round, and Shikai's all angular and square. Like, no wonder Toy was like, oh, we're connected through the eye bags! Because <laughs> we look nothing alike. God. That's so sad. Should we get to this week in the Kuji fandom? Yeah! <laughs> Let's ignore the pain! <laughs> Happiness. We're getting Christmas art, at least if you pre-ordered the Sarazan My Manga from Amazon. 
which I did. <laughs> Me too. I think we mentioned it before when we said that the manga is going to be released in the Tinkobon form. And so you get like a little pre-order bonus of an illustration depending on where you pre-order it from. Um, Coogee Bros are on Amazon. They get a cute little Christmas picture. Yes, and it's so... <laughs> the Coogee Bros together and they're eating KFC! It's especially funny because <laughs> Christmas in Japan is more of a romantic holiday and not one that you really spend <laughs> with your family. I mean, like, if you just noticed that Sara isn't with Ryo and Mabu, she's with Kepi. Of course you would mention this. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, they're, they're eating KFC, they're happy, they're on, it's on Christmas. It's a great picture. <laughs> Thank you, Miggy. Thank you, Miggy. They don't even look happy. Oh, but we didn't, it, the fleet, the fleet. Oh yeah, the fleet! <laughs> Not everyone's gonna know what a fleet is. There's this thing on Twitter where they have they have basically Snapchat stories now. But yeah, Miki posted an, like uh, the initial sketch she did for their Christmas art and they're smiling and they're just together for Christmas and there's the sky train background. Yeah, they're walking and Toy looks so happy. And there's Jakai in the coat. He looks so good. <laughs> He's just a rough sketch. You can barely see him. I know, but... He does not look good. <laughs> Listen. I'll take what I can get after this episode. Me too. But it's good. I'm happy. I'm so happy. I just love the idea that they can be together on Christmas and eat KFC and it's good. Life is good. Episode 9 didn't happen. Episode 9 isn't real. Mm-hmm. He can't hurt us. Shikai didn't even run away. He made sure he was able to have a happy KFC Christmas with Toy. That's so amazing. What a good brother. I know. Great, great Nisa. Wonderful. Best Nissan of all time. Do you think they did that for every Christmas? It's just so them to go and KFC on Christmas. It's one of their few delicacies. Now I want chicken. I know, I've, I was kind of graving KFC after seeing that picture. It's not even the full picture, but I, I do like KFC. <laughs> Thanks, Miki. Thank you for continuously saving the Kuji fandom from the despair that is episode 9. I can't wait for your adaptation in the manga. Oh god, no. <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> we can wait. We can wait as long as it takes. But in the meantime, we have doujins. Yay! So this week in the Kuji fandom, I would like to recommend Ison on Twitter. Their stuff is like mostly safe for work. PG-13, let's put it at that. Typical Kuji artist warning. <laughs> yeah, typical Kuji artist warning. <laughs> Yeah, the, some of the stuff they draw is shippy, but like they do it in like a particular way where it's like very one-sided and it's played for laughs. So like there's this one comic where it it was posted on Pocky Day and Toy is just desperately trying to get Chikai to eat a cucumber. <laughs> and it keeps failing. And Chikai's just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, uh, they have some doujins available for sale. So there is... One that is very much in the vein of the sort of comic I was mentioning just a bit ago, called Nissan to Rendezvous. <laughs> it's just a little collection of short stories about the Kuji Bros, like Ahani Ashiki. Like, there's one where Chikai gets <laughs> freaking silly drunk. It's so good, and he has a little. He takes a little toy Nui, and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> 
and Shikai's like so expressive and stupid and I love it. The stuff you get in doujins is just like the stuff you don't get to see in the actual show and it's really funny. It's good. It helps. There's also a baby toy in here which is very good. It's a bonus for anybody. He cries whenever, like, either his mom or Chikai won't hold him. It's so cute. And their art is just gorgeous. Like, if you just look at their Twitter, all their art, it's beautiful. I love their style. And then there's another doujin that they wrote, which is, which has more of a serious tone. The translation I did for the title, I guess, would be Laughing with the Fishes? <laughs> I like that title. It really works. Because instead of Sleeping with the Fishes... They're laughing with the fishes because Shakai's alive, bitch. And they're in, a, in an aquarium. It's Runaway AU, and they're basically, like, on the run. They're doing odd jobs, going to the aquarium and having a good old time, being nostalgic. I'd like to call this doujin very tender. It's just very sweet. It's not very shippy. Like, there's literally the, the like, extent of shippiness it gets is, like, a little head smooch at the end, and that's literally it. Oh, it's really, really sweet. Toy is just like happy with his Nissan. The designs are based on the Abros cover, so it has that scene in it, and it's just like, ah, it's so good. Please buy it and like look at it for yourself. It's so good. Highly recommend. <laughs> we need it after this episode. <laughs> yeah, and Kuji Gohan also came out. Oh yeah, Kuji Gohan, it came out. I don't know if <laughs> if it's sold out yet or. <laughs> I think it's still available on Tora Noana though by the time this podcast airs probably not yeah but you know get it while you can we already got our copies well we don't have them right now but we bought them <laughs> it's because we're crazy people we're crazy people i've spent so much fucking money on doujins this month good lord we deserve it it's called coping bitch <laughs>